So welcome to another edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Tonight we are 50% British, 50% Irish, but as always, 100% Giants. Now tonight's episode is a little bit different. Myself and Sheehan are going to go and do a first round mock draft for all 32 teams, 31 teams, sorry, with the Dolphins obviously forfeiting a pick this year. Um, I'll take the odds, Sheehan will take the evens. Um, so how are you this evening, Sheehan? Yeah, yeah, all good. Um, tell the kind of draft buzz that we've got. We've sort of like literally last minute come up with this idea or came up with this idea. Uh, that's why there's no Dan tonight and Craig's still not available. Um, but yeah, you know, you can tell it's draft week. The excitement's mm-hmm. quite quite high and it's going to be quite interesting picking for, not just looking at the Giants, but talking about sort of other teams and players that might not be drafted by the Giants, i.e. the quarterbacks, but our rationale behind where they're going, etc. Yeah, now you can't be holding on to your best players now hoping they'll fall to the Giants pick now. We have to be honest here and pick the player we believe should be the best pick for the teams we're selecting for. Um, but before we do start the first ever Big Blue UK and Ireland mock, uh, we'll just touch on Joe Sheehan's presser there on Thursday a little bit. So um, some interesting things came from it. Um, it's kind of with the draft buzz not being too much for the Giants, uh, keeping everything in-house, didn't give much away. It kind of turned into the Barkley press conference. Um, so Joe Sheehan said that nothing has changed since they talked at the owners' meeting, which was about three or four weeks ago. Um, but also it sort of alluded to that Barkley isn't Joe Sheehan's priority at the moment. This, I think this has something to do with the draft coming up next week. And obviously, you know, it all focuses on that. And there's plenty of time afterwards to maybe look at contract negotiations. I mean, the both sides have until July 17th to work out a long-term deal. But one thing I did take from uh, the presser was... I kind of feel that Joe Sheehan is getting a little frustrated with Barkley's agent. Not necessarily Barkley himself, but at the actual agents. And it also came out that the offer on the table was $13 million per year uh, during the season for Barkley. Um, but apparently the agents wanted $17 million per year. And Joe Sheehan and the front office just weren't going to go there. Um, what are your thoughts on the negotiations at the moment? Yeah, I mean... I couldn't understand why he's frustrated. I mean, like the, the the guy I'd love to hear from the most is the guy who's not going to come out because he's professional at the end of the day, and that's Saquon himself. Um, obviously, his agents have misjudged the market massively, like not even slightly, like they've monumentally misjudged it. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting how it pays out, but I quite like Joe Shane's approach. It's his business approach at the end of the day, you know, one week from the draft. Let's not talk about players just yet where you know we've got a couple of months to go yet so let's just focus on what's going to be happening in the draft um i can understand joe change frustration barkley's frustration and the fans frustration because you know that's what we are at the end of the day we're fans yeah of course and also like you did touch he was pressed on the dexter lawrence situation now he was a little bit more positive on this saying that you know they've spoken to the 25 year olds agents and they had good conversations as he um, said um, I think kind of the benchmark with, with those negotiations, we'd be looking at the four-year, $94 million deal that Simmons got from the Titans. Um, I think we're sort of looking at that type of range. Um, but obviously, um, what's your thoughts just quickly on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's key to get him, to, to, I want him tied up as soon as, not just because of the player himself, but as we've seen, D-tackles are getting paid big time. I mean, you even go back a couple of years ago, the contract Alvin Tomlinson got when he left... Um, when he left us for Minnesota, he got a really good deal. And D-tackle market every year in free agency just keeps trending upwards. So for me, I think it's a case of getting locked down sooner rather than later before another D-tackle gets paid and resets the market. Yeah, I completely agree. Once you get tied up to a long-term deal, it's just better for all parties. Um, just talking about the draft, actually, um, you know, Joe Sheehan did say that he was open to moving up or down the draft board, depending on the situation on the night. Um it even be prepared to trade future draft capital or capital in this draft um, if a player he really loved was worth it and he was you know, within touching range of being able to go and get them. Um, he also did say that he would be willing to open, he'd be open to trading picks this year for a veteran player, which I found quite interesting. Um, but he gave no hints about uh, where they might be going in round one. That's a completely open situation. I think we've got so many needs that we could go anywhere. Um, and he also said about... Um, just basically want to snag the best players available. Um, but also, I just want to talk about the 30 visits, because this is I find this interesting. Because of the 30 visits last year, five of the draft 11 draft picks we made actually came in with 30 visits. But then he did say something that, you know, a player can be brought in just to confirm 
that they're not the type of player that the Giants would draft. You know, it, it, the quote is saying um, some of it's elimination. Maybe there's some uneasiness with the player and maybe you just need to confirm it that they're not a fit by bringing them in for these. Now, is this smokescreen? Everything's kind of lion season? Or do you kind of believe what he's saying there a little bit? I think it's a little bit of both, in all honesty. I, I do think smokescreen certainly plays a part. But I think when, when you look at what he said, it's, it's actually quite smart, really. If you've got reservations about a player, i.e. we've drafted players in the past, I'm not going to mention any names, who there were clear clear reservations of them coming out of college. We still drafted them and that turned out to be a bust for us or didn't work out and got moved on either by being traded or cut. So it's it, like, you know, due diligence at the end of the day. You don't necessarily have to bring a player in to confirm you want to draft him. You can bring a player in to confirm you don't want to draft him, um, which, you know, is absolutely great. I mean, you look at, I think I think similar might have happened with Thibodeau last year. Not so much as they brought him in to see if they didn't want to draft him, but I think they brought him in. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and it said, look, Thibodeau literally came in and he just blew him away in the, in the on his interview. Um, you know, he spoke to me, he was honest. He said, yeah, I do want a brand, but to have that brand, I know, Football's got to come first, and I, <coughs> I can't get the brand without the, the on field success. So, you know, I mean, it, it's those kind of interviews. So, um, I, I think fair play, you know, if you're if you've got doubts on a player rather than waste a first round pick or any draft picks, draft picks are valuable. Um, rather than waste it, why, why not bring the guy in and just get it clarified 100%? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, one thing for sure is that we'll be hearing a lot of things over the next week or so, um, but. Thankfully, bring on Thursday. It's less than a week away now. Get these draft uh, players, get these drafted picks in. Uh, get the players in. We know what type of um, situation we've got with our uh, squad. So, without further ado, that's enough of the Giants talk. Now, I know the non-Giants fans are here for the mock draft. So, without further ado, let's crack on this mock draft. Now, we're going to use PFF's mock draft simulator because it's one of the most accurate ones. You know, It's one of the, the big ones out there. But um, not that it really matters anyway, because we are making all 32 picks ourselves. Like I said, Shane's going to take the evens and I'm going to take the odds. Uh, so I believe that has me on the clock with the Houston Texans. Yeah, it does indeed. So hopefully everyone can see the, uh, the mock draft and you can see it as well, Kev. You can see we've got all, all teams selected, just doing one round. None of this really matters because it's our mock essentially. And we are going to enter the draft uh, and we'll start it now. And Carolina Panthers are on the clock. So Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Um, so it's my pick. Now, I did release the top five QBs uh, a little while ago, and I did have CJ Shride at the top of the list. Now, going back and reading some more stuff and watching some more film, I've actually changed my tune. And, and, and you know, I will be releasing top fives this week leading up to the draft of all the positions on Twitter and other uh, social networks. Um, but without further ado, obviously... I'm going to go Bryce Young now, who is now my number one QB for the Carolina Panthers. But they've given up a lot to go from nine up to one. Um, and it has to be for a QB. It has to be for a QB they love. It has to be for a QB who's a difference maker. Now, I've finally gotten over my hate issue with QBs um, so to look at the actual talent. And the talent is undoubtedly there for this uh, young, young man. Yep, so I'll draft Bryce Young Phoenix, Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, is the number one overall pick for the Carolina Panthers. Um, I agree with what you're saying there. Initially, I thought they were going to trade up for CJ Strauss, um, but a lot of things have come out over the last few days that kind of indicates that Bryce Young's away. They want to go. Bryce Young's cancelled all his visits, etc. Now as well, so it definitely seems like it's going to be a lock. And that brings me now onto pick number two of Houston Texans. Um, I was hoping you was going to take CJ Strayed, I will be honest. Um, I've got to be honest as well, part of me is so tempted to just flick this draft upside down straight off the bat and go someone like a Will Anderson here at number two. Um, but the issue I have with that is it's a pretty decent QB draft class this year, especially in compared to last year. When are you going to have the number two overall pick again? You're, you're taking the chance of either A, having a bad year next year, or B, having to give up capital. Um, I don't believe the Texans have got a first-rounder again next year. Uh, I don't believe so. Not on, I don't think they have, but not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that. So, yeah, for me, it's a case of like, you know, picking number two overall, take a quarterback you like, so then it comes down to what quarterback is it going to be. 
And I, although CJ Stroud's QB four for me, I do feel he's probably the best fit. Um, Will Lewis is kind of dropping down draft boards, and Anthony Richardson for me is not in a position to start early. Um, start the season, whereas you know I think CJ Stroud could probably come in and start week one. In all honesty, he's probably the most pro ready of the quarterbacks that are available. Um, so yeah, I do I, believe with your um, theory there of like you know you can't wait until next season. You know you want to have a good draft now, have, make some good free agent moves, good coaching to 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 not pick anywhere near here again. I mean, look how we've turned our season around as the Giants. You know we went from five and seven picking last year to picking twenty five this year. So you kind of have to have that mindset. So if you believe there's a QB here who with a year in the NFL will be better than anything you might get next year, then you have to go for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just to confirm, with the second overall pick, the Houston Texans, select CJ Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. And that puts you on the clock with Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, um, this is obviously obviously um, a, uh, a trade very tempting trade position here for the Arizona Cardinals. And since we're not doing trades in this uh, mock draft, it doesn't really matter at the moment. So I think without, you know, um, going on too long about this, Arizona Cardinals have one of the worst rosters in the entire league at the moment. And that's one of the reasons why they are picking down here at number three. So I just think they're going to go with one of the best prospects in the draft, regardless of positions, and one of the cleanest prospects as well. And I think they're going to go with Will Anderson Jr., the age rusher out of Alabama. Yeah, so third overall pick, Will Anderson. Uh, for me, he's probably top of the draft. Top of the draft board for me. He's, he's the best prospect in this draft. Um, so yeah, you know, I think it's a great pick, and I think if, like you say, ideal trade down spot. We're not doing trades. Um, so yeah, that's locked in. And now I'm on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts, who I find this a kind of tough spot. In all honesty. Um, Where do you go? Like, I mean, they're really crying out for a QB, are they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know who their QB is locked in to be for the coming season. Has Matty Oist retired officially? He has retired, yes. So, I mean, who's... So, so who, who would be next on your top five and your QB board? Again, I mean, I've got Will Anderson at QB too, but I think the Indianapolis Colts is a bad landing spot for him. I think the key for um for Anthony Richardson is that he's gotta he's gotta sit for a little while. No pressure to come in day one and play. And that's why I don't like the fit with the Arizona uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Now I do think it'd be a good fit in the sense of you know, some of the weapons he'll have, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Quinton Nelson as well. Um just to let you know the current QB penciled in for day one starter is Gardner Minshew for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and the, the thing is, there's no other real positions or kind of value here. I'm going to take Will Levis. You're going to take uh, with the safer prospect, Will Levis over uh, Richardson. Yeah, definitely. Richardson, I, I, I like Richardson's talent block side. I think the key to me is he not, not playing at least the first half of the season. Um, so, yeah, fourth overall pick in the Apple Colts select Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. Good man. I mean, like now the Seattle Seahawks are sitting here and they're doing cartwheels now because they they think the best player in this draft has fallen to them. Um, one of my best friends, Barry, he's a massive Seahawks fan and he would absolutely kill me if I didn't make this pick for them now because he loves this player. And that player is Jalen Carter, defensive line, Georgia. Now, everyone talks about like as a player clean as an absolute prospect he is dominant you know uh, interior defensive lineman um coming from that jo dominant georgia defense again coming off two national back-to-back -back national championships um and they're talking about this off the field stuff now the off the field stuff we won't get into it here but you know he's sort of explained everything that's happened everyone has accepted his version of everything that's happened so in my opinion there isn't really any off the field stuff as such so i think getting the Seahawks getting the what they think is the best player in the whole draft at number five falling to them. I think they'll be delighted with them. Yeah, no, this is a hundred percent scenario that can play out on on the, the upcoming Thursday night. You know, the the well, probably the biggest question right now. You know, it was which quarterback's going to go number one overall. We feel like we know that. For me, the second biggest question is how far is Jalen Carter going to fall? 
you know, he could, you know, I won't be surprised if the Arizona Cardinals, for instance, took him at number three mm. if that's tied there. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Bears traded out of number one and still got Jalen Carter that could have took at number one overall. So, you know, so here's a question for you. Where, where, where do you think his, his limit is, his ceiling is? Where do you think he's, he's at, no matter what he's going before this pick? Um, I'd, I'd say he doesn't go beyond 10. I think. Oh, I'd hit him. It would hit him to go to the Eagles at 10. The Eagles get a player like that. I can't see him going past the Bears at 9, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I like Seattle have got a history of drafting these character-concerned players. Um, like I say, the Bears... You know, it might be, you know, they were going to take him at number one, still get the guy at number nine, and they've got all these draft capital, draft capital, and they've got DJ Moore. And likewise with the Eagles, you know, I think I think the Eagles, in all honesty, my neutral hat on would be a great landing spot for him. You know, he's going, you know, the veterans they've got there. Um, obviously, they've got a couple of former Georgia players. Um, the linebacker last year, who I absolutely loved, whose name's... Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean. Uh, I think they're going to multiply, but I'm not 100% sure who. But I think that'd be a great landing spot. But uh, yeah, I'll lock that in for you. Jalen Carter out of Georgia going to Seattle. Now, this is where I'm probably going to spice things up a little bit. <laughs> Do it, come on. So I've been, been saying... We've been too safe so far. Anthony Richardson needs to go to a place where he can sit and no pressure to start week one. Maybe plays week 10, week 12. I honestly cannot see a better landing spot than Detroit Lions. Detroit is, I think Seattle and Detroit are my two favourite landing spots for Anthony Richardson because he can go in there, no pressure at all to play, you know, this season. That can afford to redshirt him for the season if they want, and that's going to be valuable to Anthony Richardson. But you throw in the fact as well that the Detroit are building a sneaky good team. Let's not forget this is the Rams pick. This isn't their original pick. So, again, it comes back to the question asked about the Texans. When are you going to be picking top five, top six again when there's a potential quarterback that you might like? Yeah, you know, yeah, let next year's draft class quarterbacks is looking pretty tasty. But you're banking on the fact that you're going to get that pick and that the players are going to turn out. You know, it wasn't that long ago that um, Sam Hell was the next big thing coming out of college. And mm-hmm. Kind of flopped a little bit. So for the Detroit Lions here, I'm going to take Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, can sit behind Jared Goff for a year, no pressure to play whatsoever. And I think it's going to be valuable to his experience. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I mean, like you said, you know, Goff's there and he's, he's on a, another, I think, to go two years left on his contract, but they could get out, of that, out after it after this year. Um, so it's a perfect landing spot. I mean, like, and you said, the Lions have seemed to turn things around there. You know, they've made some really good free agent signings. They've got some good coaches in, and they've had some really good last couple of drafts that have been really good as well. I mean, so this just obviously would be a perfect scenario for them. I think, you know, it's a great pick there. So it's over to you now with oh. uh, the LA Raiders. Right. So the LA Raiders. Um, See, they, I, I kind of like, I did a mock the other day and I had uh, Will Levis falling to them here at uh, seven. Uh, but obviously with him off the board now, they've got to go look. And, you know, they've got um, needs like, you know, O-line, D-line, DBs. Um, I think for this pick here, they will go with, um, uh, my opinion, second best cornerback in this draft, but the sort of the best all out press man corner who's who's like who loves to tackle he's kind of he's kind of got like a linebacker mentality and a cornerback body and that's Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois yeah he's, he's CB one for me and I, I think Devon Witherspoon uh, he's a great cornerback and looking forward to seeing him in the league and uh, yeah I think Ray does a bit disappointed here that he's the, the quarterbacks have all gone but they're still getting a you know a playroom He's come through one of the top 10 players in this draft for me. So, up next, I've got the Atlanta Falcons. Um, there's co- kind of two ways I'm tempted to go here. I could go cornerback, so I could take um, Christian Gonzalez. But I'm going to take an edge player. Oh, yeah. So, Falcons are awful getting towards getting to, to, to the QB. I think they had, like, I think that was in the top four for the least amount of sacks last season. So now it becomes the question of which edge do you go for? Now, I personally have got Lucas Van Ness as edge two. I love Lucas Van Ness. I'm a proper 
Lucas Van Ness guy. He he's one of those, you know, my guys. Me and you had a conversation the other day. So you're higher on some guys than others, and lower on some. And Van Ness is one of those that I'm quite a lot higher on. But I'm going to have him taking Tyree Wilson here. Um, I think he's probably got a higher ceiling than what Lucas Van Ness has. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech for the Falcons. Yeah, I love that pick. I've got Tyree Wilson as my number two edge rusher behind Will Anderson. I just think he's an absolute beast. You know, he's got a lot of versatility as well. He can play inside, outside. Uh, he just loves getting after the passer. Uh, he's one of those players that's got that little bit dog in him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so great pick there. So that brings me up to now the Chicago Bears picking at number nine. Uh, yeah. They would have loved Carter to fall to them now. Um, but um, I think they'll go... They need help in the old line. They need, you know, Justin Fields is a fantastic quarterback. And I think, you know, he will continue to improve. And maybe not this year, but the year after will prove to be one of the better QBs in the NFC. Um, so I think they will want to protect him. And they will go for... Um, uh, one of the one of the best tackles in the draft. I think they'll go for a local lad, and I think they'll go for uh, Peter Skronsky on Northwestern. Again, you know, he's he's one of the, the tidiest sort of technical, you know, cleanest players on the outside. You know, people just knock him for having the short arms and stuff like that. You know, but I still believe draft him, put him on the tag, put him on the outside, let him play tackle there. I think he can be uh, a Pro Bowl level, level tackle, um, but I think you know it was at a ceiling. But I think as a floor, you're getting an, again a Pro Bowl probably guard if he pushes into inside. So I think you know they just want to protect Justin Fields. They've um, they got an absolute haul getting uh, more from the Panthers trading back to nine as well. Uh, so just continue to draft good players, protect the QB, and get this offense going. Yeah, I love that pick. Um, Swansea for me is my old T one. And I think, you know, if you look at the Bears, they're doing it the right way. They've got their quarterback. They've made a trade back this year and they've got him a weapon and they're kind of getting him some protection. So, you know, they talk about the key things you want for you, you, you quarterback, you want protection and you want a weapon. And they've got that, the trade with DJ Moore now, Peter Skaronsky. So that puts me up to number 10 with the Dirty Birds, Philadelphia uh, <laughs> Eagles. Um, kicker. Just picking the kicker. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is one of these where that you know that could go a number of ways. I mean, the, the the need here apparently is wide receiver. I'm not going to be taking a wide receiver here. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Imagine pairing Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, and then throwing in someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba or something. You know, I mean that. You know, you you wouldn't want to face that twice a year as a, a Giants fan at all. Um, but I'm going to get them some. Trench help, and it's do a goal line or do a goal D line. It's how they've kind of how how Roseman's kind of built success over the recent years, isn't it? By just keep reinvesting like early draft capital into the offensive line, into the defensive line. You know, someone you know wants to get paid, you know, and you can't afford to pay them. You know, you let them walk, but you know, you drafted someone the year before just to come in and take the position. So he's always replenishing those uh, trenches. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go tackle. In all honesty, um, if, this is actually a hard pick. I, I thought I knew who I was going to take, and now I've just had a, a kind of thought, and I think I'm going to go a different route. So I'm not going to go the trenches. Um, oh. Obviously, they've got good cornerbacks. They've got aging cornerbacks. They've brought him back on one-year deals. And Christian Gonzalez, he's sitting there at number 10. Uh, I just think that's too good a value to pick up. You know, I did want to go for... I was planning on going for an edge guy here, in all honesty. But the way the boards fell, as I say, you know, yeah, they've got James Bradbury back and they've got Darius Slay back. But they're both kind of 29, 30 years old, maybe 31 for Darius Slay. So, you know, they're not getting younger. And I think when you've got a talent like Christian Gonzalez available, I think... It just makes the most the most sense for me personally. Um, so yeah, although cornerback's not there at all, I'm going to take and get having Christian Gonzalez the cornerback out of Oregon. Yeah, I think I would have gone that pick for them as well. Like both, like you said, both cornerbacks they have currently are both over thirty, both sort of like coming to the end of their deals as well. Um, 
So I sort of hate the pick because Aya Gonzalez is my number one cornerback. So I just believe he's the best all-round cornerback. I mean, he was so good in Colorado and then he transferred over to Oregon as well and just showed, you know, he's tall. I think, was he 6'2 or something? He, or 6'1. You know, he's a tall, big, physical corner and can play man and zone, like I said. Uh, so I think, yeah, it's a really good pick for them there. So that brings me to the Titans here picking at number 11. Uh, yeah. And I think... Um, they have a few needs. What needs do they have at the moment? Um, so, according to PFF, they've got wide receiver and defensive line. You see, but I love the look of uh, an edge for them. I think um, someone like... Um, I think for them here, I'm going to go with uh, Miles Murphy out of Clemson. <clears throat> I think um, he's up and down. You never know where he is with... Um, on people's boards. Um, I think it's just a really good, again, solid 4-3 defensive end. Um, can play a little bit inside on obvious passing downs as well. Um, I think, you know, he didn't have the greatest stats in the world this you know past year, but I think, like, um, over his time in Clemson, he's shown to be a very productive player, and I think um, they'd love him down there. Yeah, so just confirming that's going to be uh, Miles Murphy going to the Titans. That's it. Feel pressure making sure I make the right pick and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm absolutely buzzing with that because I was really worried you were going to take the guy I really want to take here for the Texans. So a little while ago, we spoke about the Chicago Bears. You get your quarterback. Texans have done that in this draft. You get your protection. They've already got Larry Tunsil. So now what do you need? You need a weapon. Now, Texans haven't got too many bad wide receivers. Obviously, they've got um, John Metchie, who I kind of liked out of Alabama. He just had a bit of a medical history. I also like Nico Collins. I really do. But for me, that they still need an upgrade in wide receiver. Obviously, Brandon Cooks has now gone. He's no longer in Houston. He's on to make his 20th team. <laughs> so I'm going to have him taking the wide receiver. Now, the question here is going to be, what wide receiver is it going to be? Um, you could speak to five people and you'll probably get five different wide receiver ones. You know, Quinton Johnson would actually be a good fit for them. You know, that big-bodied wide receiver on the outside. But I can't pass my guy up, JSN. Uh, I know you love, your, I love your, you love a bit of JSN. Yeah, I'm a massive JSN fan. He's wide receiver one for me. He has been since day one. Uh, yet he had his injuries last year. He had his hamstring and he missed some time. But I think the production the year before was outstanding. I think if he'd have been on the field last year, I think... I've, I think he probably could have got himself a top 10 pick if he'd have been fully healthy. So I'm going to get Texans that help that they need, that weapon for their new quarterback. Um, and he also bringing up another connection. Um, they play together at Ohio State. Yeah, CJ Stray went to Ohio State, as you can see there. So again, there's already chemistry there. This, this just makes too much sense, in my opinion. So JSN to the Texans at number 12. Yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, and also, like, was it? Um... Olave and uh, Wilson both uh, drafted in the first round last year out of Ohio State. And both of them said that uh, JSN was actually the better wide receiver in that wide receiver room. And he was he had more yards than both of them the year before as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I can see that being... My only worry is that, you know, he, he's only pretty much played in the slot and he is coming off with a little bit of an injury history. But the talent is definitely there. So now we have the... Uh, the um, the Jets now, and the Jets are looking for O-line help, I think. I think they're going to go with uh, someone who I think is um, my number one offensive tackle, uh, and that's just uh, Paris Johnson, a tackle out of Ohio State. Um, I just think they want to shore up that the offensive line, um, especially with um, a certain QB from Wisconsin maybe making his way over at some point. I do think this pick will stay with, with Jets as well while we're talking about it. I think um, they'll work out a deal where they might get a second round this year, um, give it to the Packers, and then some sort of conditional pick next year. Yeah, so Paris Johnson, junior out of Ohio State, back-to-back -back Ohio State guys, and that's three in the first 13 picks. So, you know, they're just turning out the talent at the minute Ohio State are... <laughs> Um, so that leads us on to pick 14 and myself with the New England Patriots. Now, I mean, I, I find it quite surprising. It's got QB as a need for them. I mean, 
I know they've got Mac Jones. Could you upgrade on Mac Jones? Yeah, but two. I think it's a little bit too soon to give up on that at the minute. So then it brings me on to what do they need? I mean, you've got tackle and edge here. I had tackle and edge as well as cornerback and wide receiver. Um, I mean, I'd 100% took Paris Johnson if he'd have fell to this pick. If you look at the other tackles that are on the board, it's a bit too early for any of them like me. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see the uh, Patriots pick someone like a, a Broderick Jones here, potentially, if that's the way they want to go. We, we know the Patriots like to sort of uh, throw a spanner in the works. They did it with um, Strange last year. Uh, he got drafted. Everyone was like, Who, who's that? I mean, you know, in all honesty, it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots maybe went for Berger on here. You know, just something completely left field who no yeah. one sees coming. Well, who did they pick last year, was it? Cole Strange, who everyone yeah. had as a late day two pick and be picked in the first round. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, cornerbacks potentially need for them here. I'm not going to go that way. Uh, this is probably the hardest pick I've made so far. Well, you're trying to uh, second guess Bill Belichick. Of course, it's going to be a difficult pick. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I don't know where to go here, in all honesty. <laughs> um, I mean, throw a dart for this one, to be fair. Yeah, and, and to be fair, look, when I'm doing these mocks, I I try to do what I would do in this position, and I do feel like it, it's a little bit of a tough one. I mean, it's going to be a reach. I'm going to take Darnell Wright. I think they probably need tackle help more than anywhere else. Yeah, I'd be amazed if this pick is correct, but yeah, I'm going to take Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, whose whose draft stock has kind of risen during the, the these last few weeks, in all honesty. Yeah, definitely has. I have him in my top five as a tackle. I think, yeah, he's a very good prospect, uh, all round, very good in the run, very good in the pass. Uh, it's a decent pick there. So now it's me up with uh, the Aaron Roger-less Packers. Yeah. Now, um, I think, like, so Jordan Love is going to be given the reins this year. Um, so I think... Um, the way I'm going to go now, I could go a couple of ways with the, with the Packers pick here. But I think, let me ask you a question, Shane. What is uh, a QB's best friend? What can you give a QB to, to sort of help him get going and just keep the chains moving and keep going for his stones? Um, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what the answer is. The answer is tight end, my friend. And I wonder which tight end... Ah, Kevin, might be going over here. You've got, um, you know, a few. I mean, Penn State have got a good one at tight end this year. (laughs) Now, Washington. (laughs) No, no, I mean, I think you know where I'm going. I'm going with one of the beasts of the draft. I'm going to go with Michael Mayer, Notre Dame tight end. Um, You know, everyone knows how much I love this guy. I mean, I've wanted the Giants to draft him three years ago when he was a freshman at Notre Dame. He's just, you know, he's 6'4", 255 pounds, just catches everything. Yes, he's not explosive like a Dalton Kikid, Um, but a Dalton Kikid is a big wide receiver, in my opinion. Uh, whereas Michael Mayer is a traditional uh, tight end, lines up in the Y, lines up next to the tackle, good in the run game. Not the best, best blocker, but definitely a good blocker, and it catches everything. He's got massive cast radius. So if you want to get the run game going, you know, he can block in the run game. And if you want to get the pass game going, you know, he's able to get first downs. You know, just he's like standing in his time in Notre Dame. And I just think it would be good to give someone like Jordan Love, who's going to start his first proper season in the NFL, sort of that security blanket in his tight end. Yeah, I mean, I know Dalton Kincaid's been getting quite a lot of traction pretty much since the combine. And a lot of people have suddenly got Dalton Kincaid as their tight end one. But for me, it's still Michael Mayer. Uh, I do like Dalton Kincaid. I think he's, you know, I think he's going to be great in the league, in all honesty. But yeah, I've still got. Uh, the Michael Mayer at a tight end uh, at a Notre Dame, sorry. So that brings us on to pick 16. There you look at Washington's needs, QB, guard, centre, linebacker. I had notes for cornerback and old line. And I'm going to take a guy who kind of seems to have slipped under the radar a little bit. I'm going to go interior old line. It's going to be Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Um, he's the best interior offensive lineman in this draft for me. I feel like he again, he's another one who's been a little bit more like Michael Mayer. He, you know, he was old interior line one, 
Nobody's surpassed him as O-line one, but he just seems to have dropped down draft boards for no reason. And I think he's going to go a lot higher on Thursday night than what people may anticipate. You know, I, mean, I think then PFF had him as average draft position 31. I think he should go in the first round. And I think, you know, Osiris Torrance to Washington just shores up that O-line for the, for the commanders. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I've seen him slip out of the first round into the early second. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, he is definitely a round one talent guard and definitely head and shoulders above everyone else in the in the, the interior line um, position group. So, yeah, I think it's a great pick. Um, I mean, I'm not too happy he's gone to them, but, you know, <laughs> what can you do? Nick Gates and Osiris Torrance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's me now again here with uh, the... 17th pick going to the Steelers. Um, and I think it just fits too, too well. It does that. You know exactly where I'm going, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't plan this at all. Just obviously it's fallen this way. And to be honest, I would love this player to be here for us at 25. But the t- Pittsburgh Steelers need um, a good cornerback. And there is Joey Porter Jr. sitting here, waiting to go. He... Um, the third best cornerback, best cornerback currently left on the board. And we all know, uh, who does his uh, Joey Porter Sr. play for, out of curiosity, Shane? Um, I think he might have been the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course it was. But no, it's not just sentimental pick here. This is a pick because he is the next best cornerback on the board and plays the type of defense that, uh, that the Steelers want to run. And it's just basically a, a no-brainer, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent agree. You know, it, it's a little bit like for me the like JSN to Texans, him playing with his quarterback from college, and it fits a need as well. And Joey Porter Jr. is exactly the same thing. It fits a need, and you know he's going to go and play kind of where his his dad played. Um, and you know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit of draft night, uh, draft 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 day of the film. You know when. Um, the running back wants to go and play where his dad played in Cleveland. I can, I can just imagine it playing it exactly like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's going to get the call. Call. He's going to be like, oh, I just want to go where my dad played. And, you know, it's just going to be great. Um, I mean, I'd love him to fall to the Giants. I'd be over the moon if he fell to the Giants and, and, and we took him. Um, but yeah, absolutely great fit. And that puts me back on the clock at 18 with the Detroit Lions. Second time the Lions are on the clock, uh, on the board, sorry. And it's the second time it's fell for me. So, Originally, my needs for the Lions, I had as cornerback, D-line and edge. So, they've taken a quarterback, which wasn't part of the, the plan. So, now it's a case of who do they take. And I think I'm going to go, just have a quick look. Again, another one of my guys I think I'm going to take here. It fits a bit of a need and he, I just I just like the talents as well. Um, there's a defensive lineman in this draft class that went to Pitt, who was undersized. A little bit like a current defensive lineman in the NFL that went to Pitt and was undersized. I'm not making comparisons. I'm not saying that Kalaja Kansi is going to be the next Aaron Donald, but that's just, you know, kind of comparisons. The same college, undersized at the position. And for me, I, look, you look at Kalaja Kansi's uh, production at college and it, like it's ridiculous like it was really really good for someone his size I think he's like 280 or something like that like he's not very big at all um, so I'm going to have the Detroit Lions here taking one of my guys Collage you can't see out of pit yeah it's a good pick he's absolutely explosive isn't he I mean you know some might seem as more of a 3-4 defensive end but you know he can definitely push inside and play outside he is versatile so um, and he was one of the darlings of the combine wasn't he yeah, he was indeed. Right, so... So, pick 19 and the Buccaneers for you now? Yeah, so pick 19. Right, so I've gone all over the place here. Um, and I think um, I was very, very tempted to go um, to go QB. Um, I was thinking, you know, obviously Tom Brady's left. I mean, they've got Baker Mayfield down there as a starter now. Um, so I was definitely going to go QB here. Um, Hendon Hooker, who I do believe is a first-round talent. Um, I know the age, he's already 25. I know the injury history. You know, he missed all, most of this last season. Um, but I'm not going to go there now because I think that the Buccaneers might be in a bit of a tank mode at the moment. They might be like kind of trying to reset their roster. Um, 
So I'm, I'm going to give them um, an interior defensive lineman, um, an absolute just basically monster in the middle. He plugs up, uh, takes on two blockers. Like he's just, he just causes disruption in the middle, and I think he's overlooked a little bit. Um, don't particularly like the college being a Notre Dame fan myself, but I'm going to give them Mazzy Smith. Nice. Out of Michigan. Yeah, I, I really like Mazzy Smith. Um, for me, like you're pairing him next to Vita Vea, that's two big boys that you've got there. Um, you know, I, I, I think I've got Mazzy Smith as my D tackle four. I think he he's off the top of my head. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 probably higher on him again than what a lot of people tend to be. Uh, I do think there's sort of some good depth fat. At D tackle, you know, Keanu Benton as well is another one that I do really like. But yeah, Mazzy Smith is a, a great pick for the Buccaneers. And as I say, you're pairing him with Vita Vaya and you've got two big uh, hog mollies, as the former GM used to say there in the trench. <laughs> so up now is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you picked for them earlier on and you took Jalen Carter, uh, D-line. Now... I could go a number of ways here again. This is another one, a little bit too soon, but Hendon Hooker potentially, you know, Geno Smith. Yet he was the comeback player of the year, questionably, but what kind of year is he going to have this year? They're going to maybe want to be keeping an eye on them quarterbacks, but a little bit too soon for Hendon Hooker. So I'm going to get him more line, more help in the trenches. Now, if I look at the old line, for instance, I don't mind Anton Harrison, but obviously they took... Um, two great tackles last year in Abraham Lucas, who I was massive on as a right tackle, and that took, took Charles Cross. So I'm not going to be going for an offensive tackle. Um, interior O line's not there either. So I'm going to get him an edge rusher. Uh, I think they need to improve getting to the quarterback a little bit more. And I'm going to go for Lucas Van Ness. Like I say, he's my edge too. Um, I just like him most out of who he's available here right now. And I just think he'd be a great fit in kind of what Seattle like to do when they're rushing the QB. Yeah, nice pick there. Um, I do like him. A lot of people like saying, oh, but he wasn't a starter. He wasn't a starter. But it's kind of weird now. One thing, they, they sort of had starters on seniority. So their seniors would be the starters. Although Lucas Van Ness had more snaps than than the technical starters, um, you know, he wasn't actually considered a starter there. But um, I definitely think he's someone who's got his best football ahead of him. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of get um, a little bit TJ Watt vibes from him, to be honest with you, like TJ Watt light, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's definitely shown flashes of that, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we're at pick 21 now, uh, yourself, with the Chargers. With the Chargers. Now, uh, the Chargers here, I think, um, go with the second best tight end in this class, and that's Don Kikir out of Utah. And I think, um, you know, another weapon for Herbert. Um, yeah, I just think, like, you know, he's, like I said before, he's one of the best pass-catching tight ends here. He's like a big wide receiver, you know. He's very good at catching the ball at the high point. He catches the ball sort of... He manoeuvres his body to catch it any way he can. Um, he's very good at getting open as well. He runs very, very good routes. Uh, so I think Justin Herbert would be very happy with another weapon there. Yeah, and, and this will be interesting to see what happens on draft night as well, whether you do get two tight ends in the in the first round, which, you know, it's, I, I could change my mind every day. You know, one day I might think there's going to be none, even though it's a good tight end draft class. But because it's good, people are going to be getting value in the second and third rounds. Um, but yeah, you know, Dalton Kincaid, like I mentioned to earlier, for some people he's gone to tight end one over Michael Myers. Tight end two for me. But yeah, you know, again, QB's best friend is a tight end. And I think Dalton Kincaid would fit into that system perfectly. Uh, so that's over to myself now with the Ravens at pick 22. Now, if we look at the needs on here, wide receiver, I'm not going to go wide receiver here. Um, obviously, they've got Rashad Bate. Rashad Bateman's there. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they've signed OBJ as well. Then the next need is edge. Um, but I think a lot of people tend to forget last year, the Ravens took David Ajabo, who missed the entire year. And... He's going to be coming back this year. Now, Grant, he's coming back from an injury. Um, and yeah. what kind of a job are we going to get back? But if he's anywhere near what he was in college, that you know, it's like having an extra first rounder this year, essentially. So I'm going to go for cornerback here. Um, and the, the one I'm going to go for who stands out the most to me is Deontay Banks. Uh, I'm a massive Deontay Banks guy. 
Um, in all honesty, I could probably toss a coin for Banks or Forbes, and Banks probably just edges it purely down to his size more than anything else. So I'm going to have the Ravens taking Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Deontay Banks, oh, that's a good pick. So, yeah, I like Deontay Banks. I was kind of hoping he'd be there for the Giants, to be honest. Because, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of Forbes. I know a lot of people are high on him and think he's a first-round player. I think he's more of a second-round player, to be honest. But anyway, moving on to the Vikings. Now, the Vikings, um, how long do you think they're going to keep the Kirk Cousins bandwagon going? But it's, but it's probably already gone on too long as it is. <laughs> it's gone on too long as it is, like you said, shit. So here, it's going to go on one more year as long as 10 years going to do, because here, I'm going to have the Vikings taking Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee. Now, I think this, like, he, the things, um, the negatives about him, right? So it's the injuries coming off the bad injury. Um, also, yes, he just turned 25, so there's going to be a 25-year-old rookie. But as we know in the NFL, the quarterback position is one of the few positions that, like, center that you can play well into your 30s. So it's being 25 isn't isn't too too much of an issue for me. I think you, you're a bit more mature. You have a bit more command of the offense. You know, you might earn a little bit more respect going in there. You know, they put up serious numbers with Jalen Hylett and Tillman as wide receivers. You know, and some people think that the offense was a little gimmicky there in Tennessee. You know, it sort of schemed people open as opposed to his talent. But, you know, he still had to put the ball in the hands. He still had to, you know, make those passes. Um, I think he's not electric with his feet, but he definitely can, you know, maneuver the pocket and get out of the pocket and make up the hard yards. Um, so I just think, you know, uh, the Vikings have finally decided, you know, thank you, Kurt, for all you've done, but we're going to uh, draft our new QB here. Yeah, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee is for Minnesota. Um, I do like that pick. Um, I was reading the other day, I, I can't remember it was on Twitter, but I was saying, you know, the, the, the floor for Hendon Hooker could be sort of around about pick 26, 28. You know, he could sneak into that first round. Um, you know, I, I, I really felt sorry for him, to be honest, when he got his injury because he, his production at college was great and he looked like he was going to be firing again this year until he got the injury. Um, I do genuinely hope he comes back and, you know, can bounce back from his injury and show maybe why he should have been a top top five pick, not just a top five QB, but why he could, why he could have potentially been a top five pick. Yeah, so that, brings, that brings me on to pick 24 with the Jaguars, or the Jaguars, as they like to call them <laughs> off in uh, America. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of ways I'm tempted to go here, in all honesty. What needs What needs have they got? Talk to me about what type of needs the Jags have got. The Jags have turned things around. How well have they done with their um, draft picks and free agent signings? I know they're trying to get a long-term deal done at the moment with uh, our friend e, e, e. Z. Ingram, Evan yeah. Ingram. But, um, yeah, so, so where do you see the, the needs here? Yeah, so, I mean, look, the, the needs, according to PFF, is interior O-line, garden centre, edge and DB. Um I had their needs as cornerback, offensive tackle, because obviously they lost um, Jawan Taylor. But I, I, I just... This is an interesting conversation I have in my, my own head. Literally most days I'm driving to work. And I always think to myself, it's a deep cornerback class. So would I rather take a cornerback early and get quite an elite talent, well not any elite, but you know, really really good yeah. start, or would I rather take another position that's maybe not as good and get better depth, like in rounds two and three, and I kind of find myself at this position with the Jags right now, to be honest um, I mean, It is difficult though, because the, there is depth in the quarterback position, but there's like a lot of depth up top, and I think teams will see that and pick that early, and we will see a lot of cornerbacks, we might see five, six quarter cornerbacks going off in the first round yeah, exactly. Um, so, I think I was going to go. With, I was going to go a certain way, but I'm actually going to go a different way now. I've changed my mind last second. So I was going to go for Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback. But if anyone listened to our last episode when we spoke about a certain safety from Alabama, Brian Branch can play safety, which is a bit of a need for Jags as well. But also, he can play that nickel, which again, fits a need. So, he's got that little bit of versatility. So, I'm going to I'm gonna have Brian Branch going here to the Jags at number 24 overall. 
Yeah, nice pick. Such a good player, such a clever player. Like you said, plays all back and free safety, strong safety, plays in the nickel as well, can call the defence. Um, yeah, I mean, usually safety, as we know, you get good safeties out of Alabama. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be a great fit. Like I say, versatility, play the backfield or you can move up closer to the line if need be and play, in, play nickel. So, just out of curiosity, um, I had a hot take, didn't I, on one of the podcasts recently. Do you remember what that was? Um, which pod was it? Is it the one with Brian? Uh, I'm not sure. No, I think it's one where we're all together. Basically, if you don't remember, I said that only one wide receiver would be off the board before our pick, and we'd have the pick of the rest. Uh, yeah. And is that the case now? Is, 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 has there only been one wide receiver drafted? I uh, believe so. Um, Binge, JSN. JSN. I mean, there's a, as we're looking now, there's a lot of a lot of players here. I mean, like I said, Giants, you know, we've got an okay roster at the moment, but we've got a lot of holes sort of everywhere. So every position um, is good here. I mean, like all the wide receivers are there. You know, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flyers, Addison. You've got uh, edge rushers like, uh, was it Nolan Smith, uh, Will McDonald, uh, interior linemen like Brian Brissy. Uh There's a lot, a lot of players here. Um, I mean, cornerback as well. I mean, I wouldn't go forwards, but I would definitely think about someone like Cam Smith or uh, or Stevenson, who I love, who everyone says like is a uh, second-ranked pick, but I think Stevenson might actually sneak into the first. Um, but I think we have to address the wide receiver position here. And with all the players on the board, pretty much, and we've met with all these big players, They've been in for 30 visits. We've been to their pro days. We've met them before the pro days. Um, now, I don't want to upset you because I know you and your feeling about um, TCU wide receivers. But my um, top five, I do have Quentin John Johnson as my number one wide receiver. But for this pick, I'm going to go with a wide receiver that I think is uh, the best right runner in this, way, in this draft. I think he's uh, just catches the ball so cleanly, just uh, finds ways to get open, and he's proven it with two different uh, colleges. Um, and I'm going to pick Addison, Jordan Addison of the USC, who kind of made his name at Pitt the year before with um, the glove quarterback. What's his name? Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, yeah. You know, you know, Kenny Pickett was uh, drafting the first round last year probably because he was throwing all them passes to Jordan Edison. And he did win the, uh, I don't know if it's called the Belichnikov Award, the, the wide receiver, best wide receiver in college. He won it that year as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a prospect I really like. He's my number two wide receiver, and that's uh, Jordan Edison. Yeah, I mean, he's more wide receiver too as well. I've got JSN at one and then Addison at two. Um, in all honesty, I think if the Giants there go Addison or Flowers, I'm, I'm happy with either, in all honesty. I think I think I'd love Zay Flowers more if we hadn't drafted Wondale last year because I think he's a better Wondale Robinson. Um, and it's, I don't know if the Giants want to go that way. I mean, I'd have no issues if they did. Yeah, OK, he's small, but, you know... He, Josh, I mentioned in his, in his uh, presser uh, a couple of days ago, but, you know, it's about getting the players that are going to fit what we want to do. Now, if, they, if, if, if Brian Dable saying, look, this is what I want to do. This is the packages I'm envisioning playing in. This is what we where we want to see him on the field. I'm absolutely fine with it. But, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't be annoyed at Jordan Addison because I think Jordan Addison's one of those players that could play outside, inside. Um, so, again, just got a little bit more versatility. Um, probably just not much as a, a weapon as what as safe players would be. So, the biggest question right now on Martin, if this is live on Thursday, the biggest question is, okay, how far is probably the third, fourth best player in the draft going to fall? And I think this is his limit. Obviously, got the Zeke issues. They brought back Tony Pollard. You're going to do it, aren't you? Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> I love this player, by the way. I just think it makes too much sense with, with the need and the talent and the pick as well. I mean, you know, if you said... If you look at talent-wise, Bijan Robinson is somewhere between 
he's in your top five. He might be number one for you. He might be number five, or he could be in the middle at number three. I'd probably say he's, he's definitely best. in the top five. Yeah, and if you can, if someone says to you, you can get a top five pick at twenty six, you, you you're going to be mad not to do it. And it, it's a position of need. So I'm going to have Dallas drafting Bijan Robinson, running back out of Texas. And it's one of those things, you know, you get the premier um, a premier player at a very important position for a rookie contract, five-year cost-controlled contract. It's, yeah, it just makes too much sense. And obviously, the Texas player going to Dallas, uh, yeah, I'm not happy about that, to be fair. But, uh, well, then we'll move on. Uh, I, 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 just on Bijan, I think we're going to face him twice a year. Yeah. I you think, think he might go Eagles. I think he could go to the Eagles at 10. I wouldn't be surprised at that because, you know, maybe it's a bit high to some people. But like I say, if, if you draft BPA or need, BPA is going to win every time. And I, I don't think you can you could go wrong with a running back at, at 10, especially the, the, the talent that B. John Robinson is. You know, he, he's as good as Saquon was coming out. And I think he could maybe be better in all honesty. And, you know, that's not easy to say. I'm representing my boy. <laughs> good man. It's, it's not easy to say, but yeah, that's the kind of talent I think that B. John Robinson can be. Yeah, lovely. So it's obviously me back on the clock now, picking 27. 27th for the Bills. Yeah. Now, the Bills, um, I do think they, um, they lost. Uh, who's the linebacker they lost? Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds, like he. Um, yeah, so he went to uh, the Bears. Obviously, the Bears had a lot of money to spend. Um, so I think there's a bit of a hole there at that linebacker position. And here I'm going to plug it with um, a linebacker who is number one linebacker for me. Uh, he played for, he played the edge for uh, Alabama, you know, moved over to Arkansas this past season. They played him as more of an off-ball linebacker. And I thought he, you know, really excelled at the position, showed growing pains. I think, you know, but he will sort of like develop more. Um, and I think he'll be an outstanding player. You know, he's, he's toy is like six foot four, 250 pounds, something like that. Like, he's uh, a tackling monster and he can blitz and he can be used all over the defense. So I'm going to go with Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas. Yeah, great pick. I mean, we, we spoke about um, Drew Sanders, I think it was a couple of nights ago. And I said he kind of gives me Micah Parsons light vibes. I'm not saying he's. Michael Parsons by any means, but you know he, he he's got that versatility, um, and like I say, he's a blitzing linebacker all day. And I've got to be honest, he's a pick that if the Giants decided to take him, I wouldn't be overly annoyed at it. In all honesty, so pick twenty eight, um, the Bengals. So the Bengals will be quite disappointed in real life here. Tight ends are off the board that they'd probably want. In all honesty, um, I don't think. I don't think there's a third tight end worth taking now. I know Darnell Washington's going up people's boards, but it's probably a little bit too rich here. So then it becomes, what do they need next? And I've got offensive tackle or cornerback. Now, I really do want to go <laughs> um, cornerback. I just want to have a quick look who the Bengals have got at offensive tackle because it just seems like a position that's constantly in need for them. Yeah, didn't they, didn't they um, trade for Brown? Yes, they've got Orlando, Orlando but Brown. But Williams wants to leave, doesn't he? Yeah, John Williams. He he's not probably been been too happy, has he? I think the problem is it's cornerback or offensive tackle here. And if I look at the cornerbacks that are left. Do I like Emmanuel Forbes? To the Bengals. Yeah, I'm taking Emmanuel Forbes. Um, he's a guy who I'm higher on than other people. Um, like like you said, you 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 see him as more of a second round talent. I think he's a first round talent. I think you look at his ball production, like you want to talk about a ball hawking cornerback. You you want to watch Emmanuel Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah, he's a little bit uh, undersized, but I think he can add some size on. And let's face facts, he's an upgrade over Eli Apple, surely. So I'm going to have Bengals taking Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State at 28. It's very true. It's very true. I mean, you can't deny his ball hooking ability. Like, his, he just, you know, he's, he's got a real nose for the ball. You know, just at, at that size, I just, 
I would really struggle, especially in the run game. Like, you're not going to see him like shred off a, uh, a strong wide receiver and go make a tackle in the backfield. I mean, he can tackle. He's a willing tackler. Uh, but he's, I, I just think in that sort of hard-nosed um, AFC East, or AFC North, sorry, um, well, you know, I think he'd be found out in the run game. But uh, And stronger wide receivers, I think, would bully him on, on the line of scrimmage as well uh, in press. So, but, you know, maybe I'll be wrong and uh, we'll see this coming season. So that brings me up with pick number 29 and the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, I'm going to go for one of my sort of draft risers who, um, who sort of like, you know, had crazy numbers at the Combine. Um, you know, he's a good player there in that Georgia defense again. Um, I think he's uh, an absolute beast off the edge. You know, he's very, very fast. He already hasn't got the power at the moment. Um, but I just think he's a really, really good player. And I think that's... Um, going to have the Saints picking Nolan Smith uh, out of Georgia. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, again, he he's someone I'm quite high on. Um, I nearly took him at number 10 for the Eagles. And if you hadn't took him there, he would 100% be going to Philly at number 30 for me. Um, it would have just been a perfect fit, in all honesty, in Nolan Smith going to Philly. Um, again, like I said, playing alongside his Georgia teammates. And, you know, I think he could be great. Stop that point. happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, my, my last pick of this uh, first round mock draft then is number thirty again for the Eagles. Uh, just a reminder: I took Christian Gonzalez to begin with. So now it's a case of where do I go with the Eagles? And there's two kind of positions that are that I'm eyeing up. In all honesty, I mean, I'd like to see him get an edge guy because obviously they lost. Um, I mean, Will McDonald's an interesting one. I, I, I don't think he's quite a first-round talent, but he's, I've seen him anywhere range from, like, I think Melkoy had him at number eight at one point, and he had him at number um, 31, I think it was, to the Chiefs recently. Uh, Brian Brzee, again, but I'm not as high on Brian Brzee as others. So I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm not quite sure where to go here. So I'm going to have the Philadelphia Eagles, Going to get more weapons for Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to have him taking Zayf Blowers out of Boston College. Um, I think if you look at what Smith and um, AJ Brown are, the one thing they're probably missing is that dedicated slot guy. I know Smith's a little bit undersized, but he's been produced. He produced well last year, and I just think that they've got that having that weapon of a Zayf Blowers as well met their offense even more explosive in all honesty wasn't a, a, a pick of envisioned making in all honesty or, or planned on doing it's just the way the boards fell and I just think Zay Flowers to Philadelphia were just you know three absolutely great wide receivers for Philly ah, very good not very good for, for Giants fans but uh, yeah he's a very very good pick here. I mean he's a good player he's a player that I consider the 25 with the Giants as well I can see Giants picking up someone like him. I mean, he could go as early as the Patriots. I heard he's been meeting with the Patriots a lot. Um, no one's surprised now, though. Their their uh, miss rate at uh, sorry, their hit rate at wide receivers being quite low in the first round. Um, but he leaves me with a thirty first pick in this draft to finish it off. Um, and I think you know uh, you've got the, the main man back there, Patrick Mahomes. You've got weapons down the field. Um, why not give him more protection? So I'm going to go with uh, tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia. I'm surprised he lasted this long, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I did consider taking him uh, a couple of different times, to be honest with you. Um, that's going to be our mock draft done. Um, so we'll, I'm going to get this saved somehow. Yeah, I'll do that in a second. Um so, yeah, that, that's our mock draft done. Broderick Jones, yeah, you know, like I say, get get more protection for um, Patrick Mahomes. And that's the kind of joys you can have when you're picking sort of 31. You know, some talent can fall to you and it can tend to be like kind of offensive line. Um, but, yeah, so that, 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 that concludes uh, Kevin Shane's 2023 NFL round one mock draft. Um, I mean, our first ever one is in the books. Yeah, first ever one done. Um, and it's going to be 100% correct, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like, if anyone wants to <laughs> uh, I'm just going to download the image here for results. 
I was hoping I could see who was left on the board. Uh, there's a lot of talented, talented players were left to be fair. Yeah, I mean, like just look like the, the the biggest one that probably stands out to me is, you know, maybe maybe he's going to pan out, but the TCU wide receiver is going to be going into day sure. two. Yeah, I know Brian Brissett is still there. You know, and uh, Anton Harrison, the tackle at Oklahoma, is still there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of good players still left. But yeah, we're not I mean, picking till 57 again, so we we have another long wait ahead of us on the second day. Yeah, exactly. But like you know, I mean, I think we, we, we'll we will save this, and what we will do, um, we'll get some photo editing done. Hopefully, we can get it a little bit better than a paint job with a tick and a cross next to it but we'll um after the draft after the Thursday night's draft we'll post this out and we'll see maybe, maybe we'll give points to each other say five I don't know ten points if you got the position dead on five points if you got it the, the uh, ten for the right player five points for the right position and one point or two point for the right side of the ball and we'll just <laughs> fair enough yeah we'll work something out we'll, we'll work something out just to sort of see uh, which of us was closest as well, and you know it's all it's all a little bit of fun. But um, if anyone's wondering, this is like completely ad hoc, just done, mm -hmm. not planned anything. Me and Kev didn't talk about the picks or anything. You know, we treated it like like a real draft board. Like you know, kept my draft board nice and secret from Kev, um, and like you know, it's just the way it turns out. You might not agree with some of these. If you don't agree with us, let us know. If you want to do your own round one mock and and send it to us and. Um, we'll retweet it and share it, etc. Then you know, even better. Um, it's draft week; it's always exciting. I've really enjoyed doing this tonight, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, you know, can't can't wait to see how, how Thursday night pans out. Yeah, same. It's going to be exciting times. You know, there's a lot of rumours going around, but you know, bring on Thursday night. We'll sit down. We'll find out who the Giants get and who all the other teams get as well. I mean, between now and Thursday night, um, I'll be releasing uh, my top fives on Twitter. Um, we'll get some graphics out for that and you can kind of like follow along with, with, with my top fives um, but just want to say thank you all for uh, tuning in, listening, watching on YouTube um, you know we are, uh, you'll find us at Big Blue UK IRL um, all podcast platforms YouTube uh, Twitter, come and you know, interact with us on Twitter you know and over at the Facebook group the New York, Gi uh, New York Giants UK fans over on Facebook as well um, Shane, it's been a pleasure doing this with you this evening. I thought we did pretty well. I thought, you know, we made some sensible picks. We made some picks that might be considered a little bit risque. But um, all in all, I thought, you know, we did a good job and it was really good fun, mate. Yeah, and you know that's what that's what happens on draft night. You know, you you every year in the draft, there's always a surprise. You know, hopefully we've put it. Maybe it's Kev taking Hendon Hooker for the for the Vikings. Um, you know, it maybe it's I don't know. Emmanuel Forbes for me, you know, it always happens on draft night. There's always a surprise pick. There's always shock players that fall um, for various reasons, whether it's fit, scheme, off the field issues, injury concerns. There's always a player that falls as well. So, you know, like I said, if people want to um, have a go at doing it themselves, then sort of ping it to us. And I just want to lastly apologise for no intro or outro music today. Like I say, this, this episode was literally like, Think, was it yesterday we we decided yeah. to do it? So like that's how short short notice it has been. Like you know, twenty four hours later we decided to do it. But yeah, been re really enjoyed it, and you know, I love talking college stuff with with Kev because he's someone who's got the, the passion and the dedication and the interest in it that I've got. And you know, this has been amazing. So look forward to doing the same hopefully next year. Yeah, fantastic. So thank you all for tuning in, listening, watching on YouTube again, um, and we'll catch you next time.